0: Thanks for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators.
1: but um, in the 40 plus years that I have been a Christian, I thought what would be the number one thing that has messed with my mind more than anything else? And I thought about it and I prayed about it and it was pretty evident what it was and it's fear. So I don't know if you can relate to that, but fear has definitely been something that continues to pop up in my life and that interestingly, even last night, I was speaking about this this morning, and last night it was like, oh, there was this one thing that you know we've got going on in our life at the moment, and it was like that was the thing that was on my mind, and I couldn't let it go. And it was like, oh, you're a dog, just the way you, the enemy comes in and just puts that, instills that fear in you. So I had to give that up this morning. But um, fear also has a place. Fear helps protect us. It's programmed into our nervous system and, work, um, and works like an instinct from the time that we are infants. It helps us to sense uh, danger and when we're feeling unsafe. A bit like if you are out in the middle of the Maasai Mara in Kenya. It's a national park in Kenya. And uh, if you were out in the middle of the national park and your van that you were in uh, all of a sudden got bogged, and you had to get out and there was two vans and you had to walk between the two. And uh, as you all got halfway between the other van, you saw a herd of buffalo. Now, anyone seen an African buffalo? They're huge. And all of a sudden you saw the, a herd of African buffaloes looking at you, then decided to start charging towards you. Now, this is a time where you're, you feel unsafe and fear starts to rise in you. Now I can assure you that's what happens because um, my daughter Brooke and I have actually had to run away from a herd of buffalo in the middle of the Maasai Mara. So that's a positive thing, you know, it's, it's good that that fear rises, otherwise you just stand there and go, oh look at the buffalo, you know, and that's not, not a healthy thing to do. However, fear can also have negative consequences, yeah. It can take over our emotions, and be unhealthy to our mind, to our body, and our spirit. So what do you think are the top 10 human fears? We're gonna start with number 10, okay? And uh, these have to be right because the internet told me, okay? So number 10 was the fear of thunder and lightning. Did anyone have that? No, wow, yeah, a lot of people apparently are very, very fearful of storms. Uh, Number nine, dogs. I know, who's afraid of dogs? Number eight is mice. Number seven, enclosed spaces. Yeah, did someone have that? Yep. Number six, spiders and insects. So any creepy crawly sort of things. Number five is flying like in an aeroplane yeah number four snakes I reckon this is an Australian list because most of the things that are in Australia that scare people to not visit Australia are on this list so um snakes spiders all those lovely things that we have uh number three going to the dentist I am so sorry if you're a dentist here but people fear you okay (laughs) Number two is heights. Yeah, had that. And number one, this is actually been a fear of mine. Who thinks they know what number one is? Public speaking. (laughs) That's right. Do you know the interesting thing about these fears is that a lot of the time they can be put onto you. So if you have a parent that is fearful of dogs because of an experience that they have had, they can actually put those fears onto their kids and kids grow up then having an unhealthy fear of a dog or, or if they're fearful of flying, it can be interestingly passed down. And I know that my parents were both very fearful of public speaking or being in front of people or being you know, in the limelight or anything like that. So it was interesting how that was kind of passed down to me as well. However, there is another list of common fears that most of us would have experienced. I'm gonna tell you what these are. Number 10 was losing your freedom. People fear losing their freedom. People fear the unknown. Most people like to know what's going on. Um, The fear of pain, nobody wants to go through pain, so there's an element of fear in that. The fear of disappointment, the fear of misery. The fear of loneliness, the fear of ridicule. Number three, the fear, which I believe that most people experience during their life, is the fear of rejection. The fear of death. Anyone who's had a significant thing happen to them or a health crisis or scare, understand that. There's a fear of death there. And number one was the fear of failure. Mm. Now, your list won't be the same as my list. My list, if I had written down a list, may not be that. So as I said, I researched this on the internet and there were so many different lists. In the end, I just went, oh, that one will do. Because there's a whole heap of different lists, but they say that the majority of the fears are within that list, some of them are within that list. Um, you may not fear mice, snakes, and heights, However, most of us will fear rejection by those that we love. And we all think about our own death from time to time, especially after you have been to a loved one's funeral. How often is it that you have those conversations after you've been to a funeral where all of a sudden you start thinking about um, you know, what, when, and how you may die? Um, which isn't a bad thing, but when fear rises within that, But you know, what we should be considering and what we would be wise for us to consider during that time when we're thinking about that whole death thing is um, what's next? That's what we should wonder, what's next? And do we really know what's beyond what our eternity is? So there must be a reason that the Bible tells us in various ways and in various places to fear not. Hundreds of times, In the scriptures it says, fear not. Fear is such a basic human emotion that many of us um, constantly live in the grip of fear, worry and anxiety. You think about it today in our world, there is so much anxiety and fear going on within people. God told us to fear not because he knew that we would all wrestle with fear sooner or later. So what is the answer? You want to know, don't you? What is the answer to fear? Well, the answer to fear is God. (laughs) And you go, well, that's the Sunday school answer that everyone says. You know, if you're going to have an answer in Sunday school, it's either God or Jesus. And you're usually going to get it right. But, you know, God's answer to fear is not an argument. It's not a formula. It's a person. God himself is the final answer to every fear of the human heart. And interestingly, you know, a lot of people that go to counselling or psychologists or anything like that will usually come with elements of fear, and there—that's the, th- the thing that needs to be treated. And realistically, the answer is God. Have you ever wondered why God called Himself by the name I Am, both in the Old Testament um, and the New Testament? So in the Old Testament, God. Constantly is calling himself I am and then Jesus backed that up. He came along and he called himself I am as well during the in the scriptures in the New Testament during his life and ministry Above all else it means that God is eternally Existent and therefore all creation depends on him. God stands alone No one can be compared to him. He is complete in himself God doesn't need us, but we need him. You just have to look around in the world and see that people need God, people need a savior. Think of it this way, to say that God is the great I am means that when we come to him, when we trust Him in him, he is everything that we need at exactly the right moment. It's as if God is saying to all of us here today, I am your strength, I am your courage, I am your health, I am your hope. Somebody needs to hear this today. I am your supply, I am your defender, I am your deliverer, I am your forgiveness, I am your joy, and I am your future. God is saying to you and me, I am whatever you need, whenever you need it. He's all-sufficient God in every crisis. There's not one crisis that he's not there for you. Paul wrote in Philippians 4, 6-7, he's an apostle, so Paul the Apostle wrote, Do not worry about anything. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm really going through some stuff and I'm feeling a little bit fearful or worried, the last thing you want someone to say is, don't worry. Yeah? And here's Paul. He says, just don't worry about anything. But you know, the thing I love about this verse is he doesn't stop there, it keeps going. He says, don't worry about anything. And then he tells you what to do. He tells you what to do to replace the fear. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. So there's prayer and thankfulness, okay? There's two things. This is what he wants us to do. When fear starts to rise, prayer and thankfulness. And then he goes on to say, then, then you will experience God's peace. You know what? It's not that complicated. It's not that complicated. As soon as we start to feel fear rise, as soon as the enemy starts to rob something from us, we need to pray and give thanks so that we experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. So even in the circumstance, no matter what is going on in your life, give it to God, let it go, pray about it, and um, and thank Him for what He's going to do. His peace will guard your heart. I can think of no one, no one, that I prefer to guard my heart than God. You know, it just it says here that His peace will guard your heart. Can you imagine that, if we could see that in the natural? What's happening in the spiritual that God's peace is guarding you there? He will guard your heart. Not only does he guard your heart, guess what else he guards? The very thing that the enemy likes to attack, the mind. He will guard your heart and he will guard your mind with peace. And so if you need to experience a little bit of God's peace at the moment, here you go, okay? Here you go, this is what the answer is. Have you ever wondered what the stories in the Bible would be like? Um, what they would have looked like if people had have allowed fear to overwhelm them instead of standing in faith? Think about it for a minute. What if Noah feared the jeering of the people and didn't step out in faith and build that ark? Humanity, gone. Animals. That's really sad, no animals. You know, that's, that's, he stood out in faith regardless of what, you know, I know that there's people that say, oh, I can't lift my hands in church because I'm just, I'm too worried about what other people around me are gonna think. Come on, forget about that, step out of that fear and into what God has to offer. What about if Moses feared when he's got all the Israelites behind him and he got to the edge of that water? And he's got his staff there and he looked at the water. What if he feared the water going, how are we going to ever get across there? What if fear rose up so strongly in him that he didn't raise his staff, believing in faith that God would part that sea? What if Esther feared the king's response? You know, some of you might be so fearful about going to a boss or talking to someone that you need to have a conversation with but you know, here's Esther who stood before the king um, because she wanted to free her people. And she said what she needed to say. She, it took faith to do that. To overcome the fear. And this one, what if Jesus feared the cross? What if Jesus feared the cross and didn't have the faith needed to take on the sins of the world and save all of humanity. Let's just bring this a little closer to home. What if Mitch, is Mitch here this morning? There he is. (laughs) What if our wonderful Mitch feared his young age and his ability to take on youth? I don't know, but are you hearing what's happening in our youth? Are you hearing that people are responding to Jesus? Our young people are responding to Jesus because Mitch went, you know what, I don't care. I don't care how old I am. Okay, I might be feeling a little bit anxious or fearful here, but I'm just gonna step in it anyway and trust God. What if our wonderful worship leaders, um, Sarah and Michael, feared the time and effort. Both of these guys work full time. I don't know if you guys realize this, but they work full time. And what if they feared the time and effort it would take to oversee the worship team? And they just went, oh, I just fear that this is just going to be too much for us. Maybe it is, I don't know. But you know what? They stepped out in faith anyway, and they have trusting God in that process. Who's happy for our worship team? (laughs) Amazing. You know, I I was thinking about this and thinking about even our story. What if Murray and I feared moving interstate away from our family and our friends and everything that we ever know to come interstate from Victoria up to Queensland? No, that took faith, believe me. Coming away from the beach, that just was like, that took a lot of faith, guys. (laughs) What if everyone who regularly gives their tithes and offerings to the work of this church Feared what their personal finances would look like instead of stepping out in faith and giving. You know, there'd be no money to hire the there'd be no money to put nice lights and things on and pay Murray and the other staff that we have. And what if they feared that? You wouldn't be sitting here today. It takes faith to give and be generous. You know, it was faith that skilled. Peter, to get out of the boat and walk on water. It took a lot of faith. There was a storm happening. The storm was happening the whole time, but he had faith and it filled him enough to step out of the boat onto water and he walked on water. Now, the interesting thing is it wasn't until he took his eyes off Jesus and started focusing on the storm that fear rose up and he sank into the water. A quote by Nelson Mandela, he says this, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the ability to overcome it. As I said before, I was raised with two um, parents, beautiful, loving parents, but they were very anxious about being in front of people or anything like that, which basically was handed down to me. I had to step in. I had to step in because I knew that this was what God was calling me to do. And you know what, I've probably seen God move more in this area than any other area of my life. In this part of my ministry, I have really felt the Holy Spirit. I needed him, I needed him, that's why. And I just wonder, a lot of us aren't experiencing the Holy Spirit because we're not stepping out with courage into those areas that we need to so that we can know this is not my strength, it's the Holy Spirit that's strengthens me through it. So here are three principles that will help us move from fear to courageous faith. Do you wanna move from fear to courageous faith? Yep, excellent, three people wanna come with you. Okay, number one, faith focuses on God, not on the problems. Think about Abraham, so we all know about Abraham's story. Abraham and Sarah so wanted a child and um, it was it was promised to him by God and yet the, the, this child was promised and yet um, it wasn't happening. And so his past argued uh, against him for ever having a child. So if he looked back, he would go, there is no way I'm gonna have a child. And so did the present, because he was really old by this stage. So if you look at his situation and think, well, you know, he was, he was thinking, you know what? This is, all this time has gone past. I'm in this present time. I am too old to have a child now. His only hope lay in the promises that God had for his future. As long as he looked back, he would never have faith to believe in God. His only hope was to step out into the future, trusting uh, that somehow, some way, God would keep his promises. I want to tell you a story about when I was 16. I was at church with my mum. we just started going to a fairly new church. It's actually the church I met the man of my dreams at. That's Murray, just in case you're wondering <laughs> But. Um, You know i I was going to this church and they had a guest speaker this day and the guest speaker was quite good i was 16 you know 16 year olds who sort of listen a little bit listen some whatever but i was sitting there and i i can't explain it but i knew the holy spirit was saying to me at the end of his talk to go forward for prayer Um, i had already given my heart to god but i just knew i had to go forward for prayer and so This um, guest speaker seemed to go to everybody else except me and I was just about to walk back to my seat and he came up to me and he started praying for me and I just put my head down and he started praying and then all of a sudden he stopped and he grabbed my chin and he said, look at me. And uh, so I looked up at him and he said, young lady, he said, God's telling me that you're gonna go and minister on foreign shores. I was 16 years old. I come from a lower to middle class family, hard working family, dad worked two jobs. Minister on foreign shores? How on earth was I ever going to get to foreign shores? And so, interestingly, this prophetic word, so that's a word that's been given to you from God, this prophetic word sat with me. It just sat. But it never ever seemed to come about. I felt a little bit like Abraham. Five years, 10 years, 20 years by this time, we had got married, we'd had children, we had our our family, and I thought, well, there goes the foreign shores thing. I'd never traveled overseas. Uh, Traveled a lot around Australia, but not foreign foreign shores. Anyway, in my mid-thirties, an opportunity came my way to go to Thailand with my uncle, who was a world-renowned chiropractor, who was doing some ministry in some um, developing parts of the country for people that were in need. And I went with my uncle, and God exploded. (laughs) That word came to life. And um, ever since, for the last 18 years, I have been ministering on foreign shores. You know, it took 20 years for that word to come to being. And so I want to encourage someone in this place that maybe has been given a word or God has spoken to you and it still hasn't come to tar yet. Hold on to his promises. Okay, hold on to his promises. Okay, number two. Faith, trusting in God's timing, not your own. And that goes perfectly even with my last story. So many of our struggles with fear start right here. Deep down, we fear that God has somehow made a mistake in his dealings with us. Like Abraham, we have waited and waited, sometimes for years on end. Even though we may have seen many remarkable answers to prayer, the one thing that means the most to us has not yet been granted. As I was preparing this message, certain people came to my mind who are who I know have been faithfully, weak in, week out praying for their loved ones to be saved. Praying for their loved ones to come to know Jesus. And some have been praying for their prodigal son or daughter that isn't walking with Jesus at the moment. Week in and week out, same prayers, faithfully being prayed to our God who doesn't seem to be listening. Can anyone relate? Where is God? Why are there times where he doesn't appear to answer the heartfelt prayers of his people? Of the many answers that might be given to that question, one answer must be that God's timing and ours are often very, very, very different. Sometimes it seems like we live in one time zone and God is living in another. But I want you to know this, hold on. Hold on to the truth of God's word. And this is why we encourage you to get into the word of God because that's where you can hold on to the promises that he gives you. So in Jeremiah 29 from 12 to 14, it says this. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. That's what God's saying to you. I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be to... wow. so it's God's timing, not ours. We've got to lay down that and just keep trusting him. Number three, faith grows by believing in God in spite of your circumstances. Sometimes our circumstances make it easy to believe in God, you know, when everything's going well and it's sunshine and lollipops and rainbows and buttercups and all those sorts of things. It's easy, isn't it, to love God? It's easy to come to church on Sunday, but what about when pressure's on? What about when the fear rises and the things aren't happening the way that they should be or in the time that we think they should be happening in? Um, My mum, who now resides in heaven, 11 years ago, she went to be with her saviour. Had a really rare disease. Um, It was a little bit like leprosy. Um, A lot of mums would get very big welts on her body and just her skin would come off. She she lost parts of her finger. I remember one day she picked out the first knuckle of her finger because it was that horrible. I remember she came and stayed with Murray and I once when we lived down in Victoria and the house that we lived at was two story and the guest room was above our bedroom. And I remember hearing my mum in so much pain. who was just crying and crying and she cried for a lot of the night, but in her in her tears, um, my mum was a very prayerful person. She prayed, she interceded for people. Um, she prayed for people and kept praying for people and trusted God and, um, that this night I heard her praying for herself. And she was crying out to God in her pain. And I remember um, thinking to myself, God, where are you? That whole question, where are you right now? Here's this beautiful old faithful woman who's crying out to you for her healing. And um, I learned a lot from my mum, a lot. She was an incredible woman. And during this time and that night, I learned one thing. She was faithful in her circumstance. She loved her God. She didn't understand why, but she continued to step in faith. She continued, to the very day she died, she continued to step in faith. And that's one thing I learned from, I learned lots of things from my mum. But one major thing I learned is regardless of your circumstances, continue, to trust God. No matter what happens, we need to trust in the Lord and have faith that rises above our circumstances to lay hold of the eternal promises that God has for us. Faith takes the next step. Whatever it is, and walking with God wherever he leads us. You know, we sing about this sort of stuff all the time. It's like the song, Oceans. Remember the song, Oceans? I think it was um, song that made sang that song, but it said, the words in it said, Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. How many of us have borders around our trust in God? Where our trust is without borders, let me walk upon the waters. You know, like Peter, that takes faith to walk upon those waters, wherever you will call me. You know, we sing about these sorts of things in our in our songs and our worship, but how much do we truly believe it? Sometimes it will make sense, other times it won't. but we still have to take the steps that we are going to do God's will. Everything I've been trying to say comes down to one simple question. and this is a question that I've got for all of you today. And I want you to sit there. I want you to process it in your mind, heart, spirit. Can God be trusted? What's your answer to that question? Don't know it out now? If you're sitting there, I want you to think, can God be trusted? If the answer is yes, then we can face the worst thing that life has to offer us. If the answer is no, then we're no better off than the people in this world that have no faith at all. That means that there is no hope. And that's not what faith in God is all about. There was a pioneer missionary, J. Hudson Taylor, who founded the China Inland Mission in 1865. And during the terrible days of the Boxer Rebellion from 1898 to 1901, three years, when missionaries were being captured and killed. He went through such agony of the soul that he could not pray. Writing in his journal, he summarized his spiritual condition this way. I can't read, I can't think, and I can't pray. Has anyone ever felt like that before? No, I have but I can trust. That's what he said, but I can trust. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, we read this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do. Seek his will in all that you do and he will show you which path to take. I'm going to read it again from a slightly different translation because I just thought this just really stood out to me the way that it was written. And this is from the Passion Translation. that says this, Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. <laughs> you know what? We've all got opinions these days, don't we? <laughs> don't rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision that you make. Become intimate with him, and whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. There is a reason why God tells us in the scriptures 365 times to fear not. Did anyone get that number? 365 times, it says in the Bible, to fear not. A reminder for every day of the year to trust our God. Every single day of the year. To overcome fear we need to remind ourselves of our identity and the authority that we have in Jesus. Quite a few years ago we had the opportunity as a family to travel overseas to LA. It's actually Brooke had just finished her VCE or year 12 and um, we didn't want her to go to school with, so we had to come up with a plan to, that she'd be interested in that um, that looked good, and an opportunity came for us to go and stay with some friends in LA. Now, LA versus, you know, local schoolies, Brooke was in, so um, <laughs> that worked well. So we went um, over to LA and stayed with these friends, and and Bob and Lisa, beautiful friends of ours, he was, He knew exactly what days were the good days to go to Disneyland, where there weren't as many crowds, or the good days to go to Universal Studios, and he would tell us, you've got to go this day. Anyway, it worked with the Disneyland, there's still people there, but it's not big crowds. Anyway, the day we went to Universal Studios, nobody there, hardly anyone. We walked through the gates as soon as they opened, and there's hardly anyone there. And we'd made a pact as a family that, if it is quiet, let's just go on every ride in the place. Doesn't matter what it is, we're just gonna go on it. As soon as we enter, whatever ride comes up, we're gonna go on it. So anyway, we walk into Universal Studios. We're all so excited. And um, we get to the first ride, and it's the House of Horrors. And I'm like, I don't like ghost trains. They're stupid, little dangly things, and, you know, all these puffs of wind and all that sort of thing I in, in a little train as you're sitting there. I thought, this is stupid. Anyway, we had made a pact to go on everything and so we walked up to this big castle over a moat, over a bridge, and you don't get in any train. You have to walk through this thing. And it, I've got to tell you, from the moment you walk up see rises. rifles, it really worked well. And so we decided as a family we've got to stick together. Okay, because this is quite scary. So I said, okay, let's make a little chain. Um, Someone needs to go in front. Okay, I'll go in front. No one said that they would go in front. So I went in front and then um, Brooke was behind me and then Casey and guess who was at the back? (coughs) Murray was at the back. And so we had this little chain going through this thing. Now what you've got to understand in this um, house of horrors, it's not just um, wax versions of horror movie characters. There's real characters in there coming up to you. They're not allowed to touch you, but they can come right up to you. So you've got, I don't know if you know your horror movies, hopefully you're not really into them, but Chucky, little guy, right? Little guy comes running up to you going, N-n-n-n-n-n. really horrible, scary. You just want to kind of elbow him out the way. So anyway, there's Chucky, there's um, J- Freddy Krueger. There's Jason, seven foot tall, hockey, ice hockey mask, cha- not real chainsaw, pretend chainsaw, and they're all coming at you. It is frightening, as well as dark, lights, winds, all sorts of things happening as you walk through this place. It was so scary that two Asian girls got so scared they ended up joining our line. We had an extended family by the end. But this is what I want to tell you. We got to the end and somehow we'd all got separated um, just before the end. And I remember hearing Casey and I'm trying to look for her and she's going, no, no. And all of a sudden I looked over into the corner and here's Casey towering in the corner like this, going, no, no, no. And Jason, seven foot Jason with his chainsaw hockey mask, very frightening guy, was just leaning over her like this with his chainsaw. And I looked over and I said, Casey, he's not allowed to touch you. Just stand up, honey, and walk away. The said, Casey, Casey, stand up, honey. He can't touch you. Just stand up and walk away. Trust me. Trust me. Now, does that sound familiar? You know what she needed to know, her authority. She needed to know that that Jason, no matter how tall, how scary, how many things he tried to throw at her, all she needed to do was stand up and walk away. There's a few of you that need to hear that today because you've forgotten your identity and fear is overwhelming you and you are cowering in the corner and the enemy is throwing things at you. And this is what God wants to say to you, stand up. Fear not. Fear not, I've got you. Stand up and walk away. That's how we need to live in faith. That's how we will conquer fear. Trusting in a God that is with us. Luke 10, 19. And this is what Jesus wants to say to you today. Look, I have given you all authority over all the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Fear not, child of God. If you have said yes to Jesus, you are a child of God. You come under that beautiful umbrella and you can trust him. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. you taking this in? 2 Timothy 1.7, we're going to finish on this verse. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. Abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Fear not, our God has got it. God has got it. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, we just thank you and praise you that you are a God with us, that you have given us the ability to overcome all fear and we are so thankful for that. You have made a way and we just need you to help us to step out in courageous faith and trust you in every single circumstance. So Father, I just pray for every single person here today who is really struggling with fear and has done for a long time. I pray, Lord God, that you just bring amazing amounts of faith into their life. Help them to trust you. I pray that this week, as fear starts to rise, that they will tap into all that you have to offer. So, Father, I pray for your blessing, your abundance, and your favor over every single person in this place. And, Lord, I just um, pray for those people who don't yet know you. I just pray, Lord God, that um, if there's people here that have maybe not yet responded to you, I just pray a blessing over them. I pray, Father God, for um, yeah, you just to... Move in their life, Lord God, right now. Maybe you're sitting here tonight, to that this morning, I don't think I've gone that long. But you're sitting here this morning and you don't yet know Jesus, and maybe one of the things why you haven't responded to this is because there's been fear there. I'd just like to, to give you an opportunity to step out in courageous faith this morning and. Um, If you would like to say yes to following Jesus and living your life for him, then if you'd like to put up your hand, I'm not gonna call you out the front or anything like that, but I'd just love to pray for you right now. If that's you, if you'd like to say yes, I need to follow this Jesus. And um, receive, thank you, I see that. Receive everything that he has to offer you. Then just pop your hand up and I'm gonna pray simple prayer Is there anybody else. I've got one courageous person. Alright, let's pray. you want to pray this prayer with me? Dear Lord, thank you for the love that you have for me. I ask you to come into my life. Change me mind body and spirit thank you lord for dying on a cross for me so that i may be free and forgiven god forgive me of my sins help me to walk with you and trust in you daily in jesus name amen
0: thanks again for listening to the highlands high fields message podcast We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you, to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and wanna connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.highfields on Facebook or Instagram, or head to highlandschurch.org.au for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Highfields Message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.